the communities have been amazing to get that information quickly. This is Sue Freck, and I'm your host of the Happy Marketer Connection podcast brought to you by Vesta. Each week, along with my guests, other fellow passionate marketers, we will explore engaging and inventive marketing strategies and toast brands making impactful consumer connections. Please kick back, relax, and join our happy half hour of marketing inspiration and positivity and come away a happier and smarter marketer. This week, we're going to hear from Shonda Brown. Shonda is at Church and & Dwight and is the Senior Associate Brand Manager on Cat Litter. She's one of the most passionate marketers that I've ever met, and she truly enjoys the consumer engagement component of her role. Shonda will share how she thought she was going to be a lawyer and how she ended up as a marketer and all the pivots during her career and her lifetime. Thank you so much, Shonda, for joining our show, and thanks for tuning in. So welcome back to another episode of the Happy Marketer Connection podcast. This week's theme is pivot. I selected pivot because there isn't a better time than to talk about all of the pivots individuals have made, companies have made, families have made, and I think it just really speaks to what's been going on in the last few months. My guest today is Shonda Brown. She really does know what it means to pivot, not only from her career, but also what's happening in the world during a pandemic. So I'm so excited to introduce Shonda. Welcome to my show. Well, thank you for having me. So I'll start with an icebreaker question. It'll be hopefully an easy one, tee up to you. What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were young, when you were little? And I know you've got little ones now. Yeah. (laughs) When I was younger, I always wanted to be a lawyer. I (laughs) wanted to be a lawyer since I was four or five years old. And interestingly enough, I went to college to become a lawyer. And in my senior year, right before graduation, I decided maybe law school was not for me. I realized something inside of me woke up and said, maybe you were living for that dream or maybe you were trying to change things because you made a promise to someone in your family. Um, My grandfather was my biggest advocate and, and a mentor to me. And before he passed away, I said, I'm going to be a lawyer. I'm going to be a lawyer. And then one day I woke up and I said, but that's not really what I want to do. So (laughs) yeah, lo and behold, after about 18, you know, years of kind of figuring it out, I decided to switch gears. Yeah. That's that's amazing. And that really does talk (laughs) to the theme of pivot, which I didn't even know you wanted to be a lawyer. My, my mom always said I would be a good lawyer because I do like to argue, but I think it was more in my sales side being persuasive, not argumentative. But again, she's not on the show, so who knows? <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. All right. So let's jump into your background, which I did find so interesting. So you have a degree. What happens next? You know, talk a little bit about your background and how yeah. you ended up in marketing. Right. Okay. So after I graduated University of Delaware, I started my career in financial services. So I was in banking. For a few years, I did some consumer banking, business banking, and then I had my insurance license and uh, my investment license. So I did a little bit of, you know, the whole gamut um, from the financial industry perspective. And during that time, I really just felt like there was a disconnect between consumers and the product that we were selling. It's only as good as the sales pitch that you can give, right? And I felt like there was something missing. 
especially because I'm very much face-to-face. I love the interaction, but I couldn't persuade the consumers the way I wanted to. And, you know, I started to think about business and how I could very well go into business school. And I had a mentor who said, maybe that's something you should consider. Maybe you should go to business school and really understand the full spectrum of how to run a business, how to sell in a business atmosphere. And I had a professor who worked at IBM and he had Korean marketing and I fell in love. It was like love at first sight, which was interesting <laughs> from a career perspective. It was exactly what I had been talking about. It was kind of, I didn't know how to articulate it. And something was an aha moment for me and a light bulb went off and I'm like, this is exactly what's the disconnect. Like we have these products that really don't resonate with consumers. And so it became a thought of, you want to hear what the consumer has to say, and then you want to create things that would really sell them or vice versa. You have a really good idea that consumers don't even know about yet. Right. And you know that it could really be beneficial. So that's kind of where that shift happened. And I pivoted and I got my degree, my MBA at LaSalle University. I continued a little bit in in financial industry. I actually moved on into the insurance side and started marketing for insurance um, brokers. Then I met my mentor, one of my biggest mentors. I met her at a national black MBA event. And that's kind of where that CPG career took off. She had an opening and she was looking to fill it. And I just happened to tell her that I have my MBA, I'm looking to get into CPG, but it's really hard to enter into CPG, you know, if there's not like a career fair or there's, you know, these key schools that um, most CPGs target. Right, right, right. Exactly. So, you know, having this networking event and it turned into a career opportunity. I love that. And there's so many guests that I've had, myself included, that you're given that shot, that chance. Someone takes a risk, they see something in you, and that completely can catapult your career, which is amazing. And you obviously had that early. I sort of had that later in my career. But um, I love that story too. And there's the light bulb going off for marketing. It is so funny that you see, you know, you knew something was wrong. You're working in banking, you want to go into business, but you couldn't yet put your finger on it. And then it just clicks. That engagement with the consumer is so, so important. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, engaging with the consumers, because I know that that is one of your passions and it's why you went into marketing. And today you are the senior associate brand manager on Kitty Litter for Church and Dwight. Let's talk about, do you think it was easier or more difficult engaging with the consumer with all of the social, the tools and the digital where, where before maybe harder to reach them, but they didn't have so much noise either. Talk about sort of what your feeling is about what it's like today to engage that consumer. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's ever changing. So even what you're saying now, it's like, it changes daily. And I think from that digital aspect, I think that's really where the marketers are getting so much more like depth and breadth to just what the consumers are feeling, their insights. Right. And so I think back when, and it's not to date me, but (laughs) you know, when you think about TV ads, it didn't go into the insights of the consumers to that degree. I think now with social and it being a place where everyone has an opinion, right? Good, bad, or indifferent. And you really just can gather so much um, knowledge from consumers. We learn so much every day that 
they, they're more educated than we believe them to be, right? And so I think for us, especially on Cat Litter, it's just having communities and having social media where we can talk to our consumers in a very organic way um, to just gain that, that extra insight from them or that aha moment where you're like, oh, that could potentially be a new product or that could be a new way in to those cat lovers, which are very near and dear to my heart because <laughs> I've learned so much about the cat industry and <laughs> how just consumers are so excited to talk about their cats, to take pictures of their cats, yeah. uh, to find out that cats are kind of trumping babies in a way of like, <laughs> people post about their cats more than they post about their babies, which is interesting and amazing all in one breath. So, you know, it's just been fascinating. I think, you know, to really answer your question, it's just, it boils down to there's so much noise in the world, but I think when we are strategic about it and when we are really just kind of targeting what we're looking for, you can kind of start to push the noise away and set it aside. I think at Church and Dwight, we have... um, so much research that we get into and we really get to understand, you know, from a quantitative and a qualitative perspective, um, just how important these consumers are. So, I mean, I can go down a rabbit hole here, but I think for the most part, you know, there's so much knowledge that we're gaining in such a short amount of time. And I think more now than ever, that fact that we have so many people that are home and they're really just taking the time out to voice their opinions, but also to just gain that perspective and talk to people, have that two-way engagement. So we're just really getting a lot of great knowledge right now. So it leads me to community and you have your community for Kitty Litter, for Cat Litter and the Kitty Crew. What are some of the things? So you know how important engagement is. You talked about two-way dialogue. You talked about insight. What are some of the ways that you're leveraging or see the value of this group of cat lovers? Oh my gosh, there's so many things. Um, So what I will start with is the fact that we have this very uh, rich community. And, you know, at a time where COVID is on the the lips of every person around the globe, right? There's not one person that's not aware of what COVID or COVID-19 is. Um, We've had the opportunity to work within the Kitty Crew community to understand what exactly our consumers are doing right now? Are they still going in store? Are they being affected by that, right? So we're learning that these consumers are now shopping more online than ever. And at a time where we had some out of stock issues, like most brands, um, we were able to really target to understand, are they using litter more? Or is it a matter of I'm home with my cat, so I can smell when they're (laughs) urinating and And so now I'm changing the litter more because it's just an eyesore or, you know, a stench that I don't want to deal with. Um, So that's one place where we've done surveys. We've actually just kind of launched a survey recently about like the club stores, right? We're looking at consumers purchasing more litter. Now we want to understand like what's really happening. Are we going to clubs more? Where are you buying your litter? Um, How often are you buying your litter? So I think it's just having this robust community to be able to just reach out to as often as we like. And then we have some other ideas that we're, we're working on now is just the nano influencer, looking at influencers and saying, we have a community where we can talk to people all the time and we want them to spread their love for Arm & Hammer cat litter. So like here is the now and we can actually, you know, disrupt 
the environment or disrupt our competitors, right? So we have these, these loyalists that we want to really get the message out and to speak on our behalf and more in an organic way than a brand trying to be the voice. Let our consumers do that for us. Yeah. And start with those true, true advocate loyalists that will then bring in their friends, their audiences, the people that see them as you talked about that nano influencer that see them as the go-to or the experts um, and particularly being able to even hear about or try new products. It can come from a friend at any time from the community. So we love how you're, you're leveraging the community in that way. Let's talk about you as a marketer. So we have the benefit, which I love of having this podcast. So I get to speak to marketers and then all of our clients as well. And, you know, you've got the creative marketer, the strategic, the data analytics, where do you sit in that spectrum? And are you a blend? Are you one? Just talk a little bit about you as, as a marketer. Yeah. So I'm passionate about so many things. I would say that at Church and Dwight, we have, we wear a few hats, right? So our marketers, we're very involved in the day-to-day, the financial. So we're doing forecasting. We're looking at Nielsen data. We're telling the story. Um, so that's one area that I would say that I'm passionate about. And it may be from a corporate perspective and, and really making sure that we are looking at the entire um, story from a day-to-day um, sales perspective. I would say that for me, it's more of that consumer engagement piece. I mean, I just love that. And I think that's why you hear the passion in my voice when I talk about the Kitty Crew community, because yeah. it's just so unique and the way that you know, we have a voice and we have a community where we're able to talk to consumers. And, you know, I get into the very details with the team of like, well, what are they saying? And, and, and are they excited about our new products and the launches? So it's really for me, it's having that consumer engagement piece that really makes me want to wake up every day and do yeah. this. And love that. It's interesting not being a cat owner and how passionate I am about a cat litter <laughs> brand. Um, you know, and sometimes it's hard for marketers to connect with the brands in which they market, you know, responsible for. And I think, you know, coming into a cat litter brand, it's just been a very unique opportunity to understand not only that cat owner, but the cats themselves, their personalities, because they come with all sorts of personalities, you know, they can be sassy, they can be quirky, um, they're very reserved. So we start to learn so much about just the uniqueness of that individual cat. So it's, yeah, it's just really that consumer engagement piece that I love to dive into. I I try to figure out just how much of that rabbit hole I can go down and really um, just kind of get those insights. So for me, I guess it's, it's, it can be somewhat research-ish um, because I like the psychological pieces of it and the psychoanalytical piece, yeah. I love that. And, the, you know, marketing and psychology go hand in hand all the time. And there were, you know, earlier in my career, the customer, you know, I worked at um, a couple CPG companies and the customer was always my retailer. And, and I know you work in shopper marketing and I have a huge passion for shopper marketing as well, but it's amazing that you now, the consumer is just as important as your, your customer, your retailer as well in a very different way. And retailers understand that of course now too, but it was a huge shift from 20, 20 years ago. So let's talk about shopper marketing. Talk about a pivot. Yeah. <laughs> it is pivot in our conversation and pivot in... Um, what, you know, it was all about foot traffic. It's getting people in four walls. I mean, of course, e-com was growing and, and expanding and, but talk a little bit about the pandemic and what shopper marketing looks like today. Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. Shopper marketing. It's definitely something I, I tackle every other hour or the hour. So it's (laughs) it's fun. Um, and actually have a call to talk about it after this. Um, but I would say that, and when we were looking at the 2020 plan for our new launch, we had a whole different idea. So for case in point, our Walmart and our Meyer customers, we were going to do in-store demos and we were really excited to kind of bring litter dirt to life and kind of have that in-store demo where you're looking at absorbency of two different litters and seeing, you know, that our new launch Absorbex is doing so much better um, from an absorbency perspective. And everything changed. And by April, we were still waiting to hear back from some of the retailers, whether or not they were going to still continue with in-store promotions or if they were going to pivot. And so the great word, right? Pivot. (laughs) So today I would say that all 10 retailers that we're working with are now doing online demos, virtual demos. So we've had to create advertising to be able to suffice for the consumer still being wild, right? It's all about that wow factor. And I think when you're in store, you can really see it come to life. But online, we have some interactive things that we've worked on um, just to make sure that those consumers are still very engaged and intrigued by this new product launch. So I would say that, you know, our team, our agency, our brand team, we've all worked really hard to, you know, come together and re, you know, realign on exactly what we wanted to promote in store or online at this point. (laughs) And so, yeah, I would say that the retailers have been receptive to our new tactics and we'll see. I mean, we just launched a month ago, so we'll see it. We're, we're looking to actually have these virtual demos in the next uh, week or two. So oh, I can't wait to see them. Yeah, it'll be really great to see. And I mean, it's a really cool theme. Um, I'm not spoiling it. It's out now and our advertisement on TV just ran but it's really this Western theme, this cat. And we kind of make cats come to life uh, with the CGI tool. So it'll be great to see it online as well. So I'm excited to see what the consumers have to say. So fun because you do have to rethink about the experience. If, you know, I also come from event marketing and it was so fun to be able to build this big experience in the real world. And of course that's all gone away. So now how do you do that? And by these virtual demos is a perfect example of that. So I'm excited to see what that, that looks like. And um, I'm sure you're keeping busy with the changes. You know, when early on it was supply chain were, were the biggest challenges during the pandemic, anything else that's come up that you're facing on sort of a day to day that you're having to juggle? I think, you know, still just understanding the e-com piece of it. And that's always going to be a new, it's just new, right? So when we start to look at e-com and e-retail, we knew it was becoming a new phenomenon. And I think most CPGs today have accepted that this is the new way, right? This is a big part of their their sales um, growth, particularly. And so I think for our company, you know, like you said, initially it was all about supply, trying to keep up with the demands that were going on. Um, And now it's really just trying to pinpoint where those sales are coming from. I mean, we're fortunate to have such growth at our company and especially on our our litter brand, but we're still trying to just net out where if it's dot-com versus, you know, brick and mortar and more time, more than less, it's become more of the dot-com business that's just taken off. And it's exciting, but we're still, you know, making sure that 
for those those big retailers that you know the Amazons or the Chewies of the world, we we want to make sure that we're still meeting their needs as well. Yeah, exactly. Of course, because they've been with you <laughs> through throughout. Absolutely, and they're huge parts of our our business. So we want to make sure that they're satisfied as yeah. well. Yeah. Are you seeing um, any other trends, you know, today that are going to stay? So obviously, e-commerce is a trend, but is there anything else um, from your world that you're seeing as it relates to what we've had to pivot to? Yeah, so I think another thing related to e-com as well is that we're starting to see a lot of our um, competitors in the industry, they are changing their packaging because mm. most of them are going on, you know, it's being sold a lot more in e-com. We're not focused on the pretty packaging anymore, yeah, right? We make it more yeah. simplistic. Right, exactly. That's a new thing for us. You know, we're fine tuning that now to make sure that our graphics are updated, but that we're we're saving where we can, right? Because we're shipping out so much more. And when we're speaking about litter, we're talking about like 20 to 40 pound litter, which yeah. is very expensive, <laughs> very expensive. To, um, to ship. So now it's it's really becoming, you know, more simplistic graphics for that. Yeah. 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 It makes so much sense. The the big things I'm hearing for heavy products, the packaging, and then eco-friendly. Those are the sort of the trends we're seeing um, from my perspective. So let's talk about your career path. You know, you think you're going to be a lawyer and then you go to business school and then you shift into marketing. Do you think it was linear? Like, do you think if you had decided as an undergrad to go into marketing, you would have ended up in the same place? Um, do you ever do a look back and say, I wish I would have taken that step or that class, or do you feel like it all makes sense? <laughs> you know, that's a great question. I think as I think about that, and I've had to ask myself that, and you know, there's those, those little letters that I've had from my friends or little books that says, if I was, you know, what would I have told my younger self? And, you know, I write, I, I like to journal a lot about those things because I'm like, what would I have told my younger self? And I think that where I stand today, I wouldn't have changed that. I wouldn't have changed the pivoting because it made me a better marketer. Having that finance acumen and being able to understand P&Ls and speak and those and those bigger conversations when we're talking to sales and the finance team to really feel confident when you're in that room to have that more thorough understanding. But yeah, I mean, there's sometimes where I'll think about like, wow, if I had just come out of college and then got into CPG, what would life be like today? <laughs> but no, I, I really, <laughs> I, I really think that it all aligned the way it should have. And I'm a better person for it, honestly. Yeah. And certainly very well-rounded, which I'm well, sure <laughs> contributes to your success, which is great. <laughs> you know. Interested in building a home for your audience? Our Vesta solution powers online communities, giving your consumers a home for a world of engagement and connections. To learn more, visit us at vesta-go.com. We have, as you know, we have a Smiley 360 community and I always get, pull a question from our forum environment where we say, if you can ask a brand marketer anything, what would it be? You know, their question was, why? What's like the reason you chose to build an online community? Now, I know you inherited, but at your other company, you did build an online community. So just talk a little bit about like before, because Everybody knows there's email strategies, there's social strategies, but not every brand is building an online community. You were definitely right. early. Talk a little bit about that decision-making process 
Absolutely, no problem. Um, so when I was at my prior company, and I'm sure it's okay to say that, uh, but when I was at Culturel, we thought about it and we didn't know where to go. And we actually met um, Mary and had a great conversation with her to really understand Smiley360. And the missions, we got such great understanding. I mean, we're talking 1,000, 2,000 participants to really try probiotics, right? And at the time I was in a kid's business. So going and understanding, going to daycares and having consumers sampling and moms, especially because, you know, moms can be very territorial with their babies, but having um, that tool to really help us understand what else, what is, what else is out there to kind of explore. And I think the team at the time were just kind of like, well, what can we do with a platform when Mary brought it to our attention about like having a bigger, broader community. And I think there was just so many aha moments for the brand at the time, which was we could use them to leverage new creative or to kind of think about new packaging ideas or just to go and target it. If we were, you know, launching a new item to go to a Walmart or a Target or et cetera to kind of get the message out there to get that foot traffic that every, you know, and it, it kind of connects the dots because you're, you're not only satisfying your customer, I mean, your student, your consumer, you're satisfying your customer, right? So we're talking about that in-store foot traffic and the customers are excited to know like, oh, we're engaging with over a thousand participants and they're going to be driving into the Walmart in et cetera region or location. And I think it's just having that rich thorough, like loyal program to say, really help the brand. Because as we look at the world today and we look at online and social media, we're starting to weed away that the forced advertising, if you will. So we're looking at the more organic, natural conversations. And that's where, you know, we have those influencers who are really like making such a huge impact these days. And they're doing well with the brands. But then there's something to be said for those who are really buying your product and they are tried and true. Then they, they're with you when your products change and they're with you when the new competitor has a new product on, on shelf, right? And they stick with you because they know the efficacy of your product. They understand that no matter what, like you're going to be there, you're going to, to be a voice for them. So I think all that to say, like these, the communities that, I've helped create or acquire, right, from past uh, predecessors, I think that it's just a rich way to, to just that genuine conversation, but also just to have um, that two-way dialogue and to really just reach out to let your consumers know you hear them. And a lot of times we've, we've pivoted with a lot of our um, creative as well as even some of our innovate innovation because we've heard from our consumers to say well that really doesn't work right so i think it's just having that quick fast turnaround the communities have been amazing to get that information quickly we don't yeah. have to wait a month or two so yeah. <laughs> it's been really it's been really helpful yeah yeah and even like saying like month or two i mean the the survey results can come back in days or weeks but it was years ago again when i was on the ceviche side we would have to wait six months for 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 you know insights data to come back so it's so exciting it's at your fingertips so we're coming up to the end of the podcast. So I'd really love, you know, it's called the Happy Marketer Connection. If you could share a happy, fun, funny story, whether it's your career, your family, just something to leave us on a positive note. 
Yeah, I would say I'll leave you with a family, you know, just being a mom and with two little ones, I have a one-year-old and a five-year-old, you know, at the beginning during COVID and being quarantined at home, my five-year-old was just so intrigued by the fact that mommy and daddy both were here. You know, we all are trying to do the best we can and manage and juggle like all that's going on with work as well as having little ones at home. And I remember being so like nervous and anxious for like turning on my camera um, to have (laughs) conversations with my team. And it was maybe the first, maybe two weeks into quarantine. And I remember my daughter, I had my camera on and I'm talking to a team about 30 to 40 people I'm presenting. And my five-year-old literally jumped into the screen and started smiling at everyone and just saying, mommy, you're doing such a great job. And I don't know if everyone could see how like beat red I got because I was so like freaked out, you know, I'm like, I'm like, and I'm so apologetic. And after the call, everyone's like, that was so adorable. We just needed something lighthearted to remind us that you know, we'll get through any storm. We'll weather any storm. And children are so innocent. They don't know. And they just right. want to be part of everything. They, they really just want to be, you know, with mommy on her lap during a, during a conference call. So I would say that for this time, it's just been, although it's been a lot and it's definitely everyone has their own um, story. For my family and I, it's just been exciting to spend that time with your children that you, you won't get back. Right. Right. And I know as I had a lot of mom guilt when I had my first daughter, cause I had to go back to work and I was just depressed because I wanted Same. to see, yeah, I wanted to see, you know, all of her milestones. And so now, you know, she's five, but she still has a lot of milestones that I get to, <laughs> that I get to watch. And my one-year-old, I, I got to see her take her first steps. So it's just oh, been amazing. rewarding. Yeah, I'm so aligned with you on that. And I work with so many amazing moms and parents. I think we all say this time we that we spend with our children and our families is a gift. It really is a gift. And as crazy as it is, yes, I threatened all three of my children saying, I'm, I'm recording a podcast right now. It's like taped <laughs> on my door and they still come in. Um, but they, <laughs> they, I love that they see us working. You know, we yes. want this next generation to uh, be hardworking. And, you know, we hear all these horrible things about the type of generation they are. Well, I was what, Gen X? Like they said that about us too. We were lazy. And we were, So I love that they're seeing us in our environment. And this is me all the time. Like, this is who I am. And (laughs) I laugh, I cry, I get angry, you know, I'm passionate. So I can so appreciate that story. Shonda, thank you so much for sharing today. If someone wanted to find you, what's the best way to connect with you? Um, They can connect with me through LinkedIn, uh, Shonda Brown, or they can find me on Facebook and Instagram. It's also Shonda Brown. I keep it, I try to keep it (laughs) simple, (laughs) as simple as possible. Um, But yeah, LinkedIn is usually the best bet. Um, It's Shonda Brown. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being a guest today. This is so fun. And thank you everybody for tuning in. Thank you so much, Shonda, for sharing your stories today and, of course, all of your positivity. To hear more stories and lessons from Happy Marketers, be sure to subscribe to the Happy Marketer Connection podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. To learn more about community building, our Vesta solution delivers community-powered marketing to elevate your digital presence 
deliver predictive insights, and transform your consumers into lasting brand advocates. And I welcome you to connect with me on LinkedIn or Twitter at Sue Freck, or to find us at Vesta-Go.com.